Well, I want Brother Jared Hilton to come at this time. I want him to take his liberty. I want him to preach to me tonight. Amen. I want to hear the word of the Lord. How about you? Praise God. Come right ahead, Brother Hilton. Praise the Lord, everybody. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Hallelujah. Man, why don't we just lift our hands to the Lord just for a moment? Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. We worship you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Go ahead and worship him. Hallelujah. Open up your mouth and lift up your hands and worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He alone is worthy of the highest praise tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've got one question tonight, and I'm not sure if I'll um, ask any other questions later on, but one question on my mind right now, in light of that song that we just heard, and I wonder if anybody will let my Jesus change your life. I just wonder if, if you're willing to let him change your life. Because it really is up to you. It's your decision. Hallelujah. You know that he's all powerful. You know that his spoken word, invented, created out of nothing, the universe and the breath that's in our lungs. And I, I don't know about you, but I want somebody like that in charge of my life. Hallelujah. So many times I've tried on my own, Brother Josh, and I keep messing things up. But if I could let Jesus, let Jesus have control. Friend, if you just let Jesus take control of your life, seek out his will, seek out his desire, seek out his direction for your own life. Amen. He will direct you. He will lead you. He will guide you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. If you have your Bibles, let's open to Psalms chapter 65 and Matthew chapter 20. Amen. Thank you, Pastor, for the opportunity. I give honor to my pastor, overseer of my soul. Thank God for a man of God in my life. I also want to give honor to Pastor Hilton. Thank you for being with us in service tonight. It's always a pleasure to have him and his family. Amen. Because they just lighten, they lighten the mood a little bit. And uh, I don't know if that's the right way to describe it, but I hope you... You catch my drift. Amen. They're just good people, and uh, I love them to death. Obviously, they're my family, so a little biased there, but I'm mean, glad to be with them and glad to be with all of you tonight. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Don't you feel his presence moving in this service? Amen. I enjoyed our worship service just a few moments ago. Amen. Singing about the blood of Jesus. Amen. That's how he changes our life. Amen. He's gone. He's made this plan I mean, a long time ago, and it's a surefire plan. It's a surefire way to change things up. Amen. Amen. Psalms chapter 65 <clears throat> and verse 4 says, Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach unto thee, that he may dwell in thy courts. The one that he chooses may dwell in his courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. And then we'll go to Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20, verse 13 through 16. And I'll skip to verse 13, brother, if you've got it there. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Didst not thou agree with me for a penny? Verse 14, Take, thine, uh, take that thine is and go thy way. And I will give unto thee, um, I'll give unto this last even as unto thee. Verse 15, Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? Is thine eye evil because I am good? Verse 16, so the last shall be first, and the first last, for many be called, 
but few are chosen. Amen. Few chosen. Amen. Let's lay down our Bibles and ask the Lord for his anointing in this service tonight. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence that's so evident in this place. Thank you, Lord, for responding, Lord, to our worship, for meeting with us in this house. Lord, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou considerest him? I'm so privileged, God, so happy, God, to be in your house tonight. Hallelujah. I pray that you would have your way in this service. Move upon the hearts of men and women in this place and children. Help us, God, Lord, to obey your word and accomplish what you would have us to accomplish in the service tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You could be seated. <clears throat> Amen. I just read the last portion of that, um, of that story. And we'll catch up on the rest of the story a little bit later in, this, in the message here. And uh, believe me, I don't like skipping um, context. Kind of was bred into me. And, um, but I just, in way, by way of summary, because I've got a long ways to go, I just want to tell you the story Jesus was talking about, uh, was telling the disciples a parable. And he was telling them about a man who had gone into the marketplace and identified individuals who were willing to work for him for a penny. And so he hired these individuals, brought them into the vineyard or the place where they were working, and they began to work and began to harvest what uh, the man who owned the property was asking them to harvest. And as the clock uh, ticked by and as the day uh, went on, um, the, the, the owner of the property realized that they don't have enough light in the day to accomplish the harvest to get all of the things out of the harvest to, to get all the fruit from the harvest. And so he went back to the marketplace a few hours later and said, is there anybody that can help me? I'll give you a penny if you'll come help me. And so they came and he, he, he was able to find and locate a couple more and they went out into the harvest field and began to work. And then again, he realized this is not quite enough. I need more laborers. I need more individuals to go out into the harvest field to help me get this harvest. And so he went back to the marketplace and found more qualified individuals who were standing around and asked them to join him again for a penny a day. And all the way up until the 11th o'clock, the, the last hour, and um, these last individuals that he asked, he also paid them the same amount that he paid everybody else that had been there working throughout the day. And um, the ones that were there obviously working all day felt like it was unfair. Even though that Brother Josh, they agreed to these terms and conditions, they thought that they had been um, uh, used. They thought they, that, that he had abused his authority, his power, his, or their agreement. And so, uh, and, and so the passage of scripture that we read as a text was the final portion of that scripture where he says friend I don't do you any wrong it's not thou agree with me for a penny take what is yours and go your way I will give unto the last even as unto thee I'm going to do what I said I was going to do it's not lawful is it not lawful for me to to do what I will with mine own and uh, and is your eye evil now because I'm good, because I'm fair, because I just asked these folks, I told them what I would do for them, and now they've done what they said they would do, and, and now uh, our agreement was the same as yours. So the last shall be the first, the first shall be last. And I'll just, I've got another message along these lines, but I, and I don't want to digress too far here, but as it is primarily church folk, I feel like I could take my liberty a little bit more. And I want to let you know, child of God, that even though us uh, who are entering into the harvest field in these last few hours, amen, we have just as much responsibility as those old timers have had. We don't need to neglect the detail and the effort, the amount of work that they have labored under in trying to garner a harvest for the master. Amen. And they, amen, don't receive a reward greater than ours and we don't receive a reward greater than theirs we're all working for the same reward one day amen that beautiful amen golden streets of gold amen will be laid out before us amen we'll be able to walk amen on those promised streets to those who are willing to work in the harvest hallelujah hallelujah there's another passage of scripture another parable in Matthew chapter 22 this is not the first time that Jesus used the term, the, uh, the phrase that, that he 
uh, summarized this parable with in the first instance, which was the, the summary that I'm referring to is, for many be called, but few are chosen. He summarized another parable with the same exact statement. Matthew 22, verse 2, and I will take the time to read this. The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king, which made a marriage for his son, sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden, to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. Again, he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden. Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready, come into the marriage but they made light of it, the Bible says, and went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise, and the remnant took his servants and treated them spitefully and slew them. And when the king heard thereof, he was wroth, and he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. And uh, then saith he to his servants, the wedding is ready. The ones that were still alive, he's, he's asking the remaining servants he tells them that the wedding is ready, but they which were called, they which were bidden, were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid to the marriage. So those children, or those servants, went out into the highways and gathered together as many, all as many as they found, both good, bad and good, and the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw that there was a man which had not a wedding garment. And he saith unto him, Friend, friend. We've heard that before in another passage of scripture with a man by the name of Judas. But this man, Jesus calls friend. How camest thou in hither not having a wedding garment? How'd you come in without that wedding garment? And he saith unto him, Friend, how comest thou in hither not having a wedding wedding garment and he was speechless the man that that the master was speaking to was speechless couldn't respond couldn't think of an answer verse 13 then said the king to the servants bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him into the outer darkness there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth for many are called but few are chosen in this parable we see uh, the Bible, or Jesus, said that the kingdom of heaven is like unto this, this parable that he's getting ready to share with these individuals. And, and so Jesus himself, this is not Jared trying to make a comparison here, but Jesus said that this is, this is an allegory. This is a story for you to understand what is taking place for the, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. I mean, he said originally there was a wedding and, and there is a group of people uh, to whom the servants of the king were sent. And those individuals, amen, they, they didn't take seriously the invitation that was extended to them. And, and for uh, whatever reasons were on their mind, amen, they decided that what they had going on was much more important than going to the king's celebration. And so for some, they just disregarded the invitation. They just disregarded the calling. They just disregarded the bidding of the king and they went on with their business. But for others, they, they persecuted the servants and they went after them and destroyed them. Amen. And, and so it is with the church in the modern uh, apostolic uh, day that, that we as servants of the king, as we go out, I mean, that, that original group, that first group of individuals were, in fact, the Israelites who disregarded the invitation of the king, who God had so carefully and so meticulously designed a plan of salvation for them, and they disregarded it, and they went on with their own business. I want a king of my own. I want to be a nation of, of Israel. I want to be like everybody else and so their their focus was on the wrong thing so the king said okay if they're not going amen to accept the invitation I know some folks who will amen I want you to go into the highways and into the byways I want you to gather as many as you can find doesn't matter what they look like it doesn't matter what they smell like it doesn't matter what they sound like amen they're in the highways and they're in the byways they're in the gutters and they're in the creeks amen but I want you to go dig them out and bring them into this place hallelujah Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many have been there? 
Amen. How many have been in the gutters? Amen. How many of you have been, amen, in the highways and the byways, lost, wondering where is, where should I go next? What is my next course in life? How should I proceed from here? Amen. But then somebody knocked on your door or somebody called your phone or, or somebody prayed a prayer. Amen. And you heard that calling. Amen. And to the wedding. Amen. You heard the calling. Amen. To the king's house. Hallelujah. Church, uh, amen, it's our responsibility as servants uh, of the king, uh, amen, now, amen, to go into the highways uh, and to the byways uh, and to find those that are out there, amen, wondering and lost, uh, amen, and don't know where the next meal is coming from and don't know who really loves them uh, and who's really family, amen, and they don't know, they don't know, they don't know. Hallelujah. But I'm talking about uh, some servants, uh, Brother Jaheem, who are willing, uh, amen, to go to the death. Uh, amen, Brother Andrew, amen, they'll go out uh, and they'll, they, will dis- they will disseminate the invitation at whatever personal cost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is not where I'm planning on going tonight, but I'm okay with where we're at. Amen. He said, many are called. Many are called. Amen. Many are called. 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 You don't know how many, Brother Jerome. Amen. There's an innumerable amount of people who God is calling. We don't know, we don't know, and we don't know, but they're called, they ought to come. Hey, we're not the judge, we're not the king, we're not the son, amen, who's being married, amen, we're the ones who are servants, amen, and it's our job. Would you come with me to the, to the wedding? Would you come with me? You're invited. You have a special invitation from the king. Doesn't matter what you look like. All I've got, doesn't matter what you sound like, brother. You can return to your seat. Amen. It doesn't matter, amen, what you smell like. The only requirement is this white robe. If you can fit into this white garment for the king, you're invited. Plenty of food, all that you ever need is here and ready for you. The word that is translated as called was uh, or is kletos, which means to be called or to be invited. The word that is translated as chosen in this phrase is eklektos. This is the same, uh, this is an entirely different word. From the original word. So uh, from, th- from the word that's translated as called. Oftentimes, or maybe, maybe this is just a Jared thing, but as I read through these parables as a young person, as a, uh, as a young person growing up in church, I really just thought Jesus was making a statement and, and using synonyms to describe a, a similar group of people. But as I study this passage of scripture, I feel like he is identifying two distinct groups of people. The first group are those who are called. The individuals to whom the invitations, the letters of, I mean, invitation of RSVP are sent out to. Amen. And, and perhaps even that group, they have the it's up to them. It's up to the, completely up to them. They have the will. They have the complete, it's, it's completely their call, whether or not they want to respond to this invitation. And then there's a second group of people who are called out. And that second word, eklektos, is similar to the first, where the word called or invited is associated with it. But it's more than just being called. They are called out. They are picked out from the group. We have a group of individuals who are called, and then there are, from among that group, individuals who are chosen. Hallelujah. And that's what I want to preach tonight on tonight is the subject of being called out. I 
Uh, we all know Acts chapter 2, verse 38 and 39. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. This is what will happen if you repent, if you are baptized in Jesus' name, if you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Uh, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Verse 39 goes on to say, For the promise, this promise of the Holy Ghost is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Amen. Amen. We are not the, we, we can't serve in the place of the Lord our God. He is the one that does the bidding. He is the one that does the calling. We're just the servants uh, for whom uh, or who he is using, amen, to initiate the invitation. Amen. We're the ones, amen, who are going into the highways and to the byways that the king is using to invite to the wedding. Friend, you're not here because you had the correct connection. You're not here because you had the right friends. You're not here because uh, of who you knew or, or who you didn't know. You're here because God called you. You are here because you are responding to a call of God on your life. Every one of us that's in this place who have the gift of the Holy Ghost. You are not here because your mom and dad were filled with the Holy Ghost and, and you were raised in church. Amen. Because you, there comes a time, Brother Kaiser, in life where you have to make a decision for yourself. And if that calling is not there, Sister Reagan, and we don't respond to the calling, there will come a day when we are no longer here. We're no longer in the wedding. Amen. We're no longer at the king's house. Amen. Hallelujah. But you're here specifically because you are among the many that the Lord our God is calling. 2 Timothy 1 and 9 says, Who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works. It's not how good you are or how nice your clothes are amen or how many uh how many meals you prepared for the poor at your job or 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 any of these quote-unquote good things or good works and i'm not preaching against that so don't misconstrue what i'm saying but but you're here we are saved he saved us by that calling by that holy calling not according to our works but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1 says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and the high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Friends and brethren, sisters and children of God, amen, we are partakers of this heavenly calling. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that he issued the call to me. I don't feel worthy. I don't feel like I deserve it, but it's a heavenly calling and I want to go. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Romans 1, 6-7. Among whom are ye also the called of Jesus Christ. To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. Grace to you in peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He also, Apostle Paul also wrote to the Corinthian church. Amen. In first. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 1 and 2, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, 
to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, they are called to be saints. Amen. The first calling that we have is to be saints. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1 illustrates some requirements and expectations of those who are called. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness and long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. Hey, if you want to be a a part of this one body, you have to endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. You have to walk with lowliness and meekness and long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. You have to walk worthy. Oh, let's give the Lord some praise tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Apostle Paul told the Philippians in 3 and 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. This is not a lowly calling. Amen. This is, if you get the call on your phone from your boss, from from somebody who you respect, and they say that you are now promoted. I'm calling you up a little higher at your secular job, in your position at work, and I want you to become my my assistant, or I, I want you to become the manager of this department or this part of the business, then then there is that's a calling. That's a calling from someone who has the authority, amen, to call and and they're observing your daily work and, and watching how you perform in order to make that calling. Amen. But Apostle Paul said, I'm not pressing for a secular calling. I'm not pressing so that I can achieve prizes on this earth. What I'm pressing for is the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That's the prize, Brother Goff, that I'm seeking after. Every day when I wake up in the morning, amen, my mind is not focused on how much money I can put in my bank or how many people I can influence, amen. But what I'm focused on is pressing towards that eternal prize. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Second Peter, amen, chapter 1, verse 5 through 10. I need to slow down just a little bit. Apostle, uh, Apostle Peter, amen, tells us that we ought to give diligence to make our calling sure. Hallelujah. We ought to press. We ought to work. This is what we ought to work on, Brother Jaheem, is to make our calling sure. This is your responsibility. This is my responsibility to make our calling sure. And he goes on to say how we can do that. Second Peter 1 and 5. Beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. For if you do these things, or for, sorry, if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You want to know how, amen, to reach those that are around you? Amen, learn how to add to your faith a little virtue and add a little knowledge and temperance and patience and godliness and brotherly kindness and charity. And oh God, help me, amen, to achieve that heavenly calling. For if these things are in you and they abound, amen, they shall make you that you will not be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence, work at it, 
put a little effort into it. My mom used to tell me to put a little elbow grease into it. Amen. Give diligence, Brother Andrew, to make your calling and election sure. And notice what he says here. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. What a promise. What a promise. If you give diligence, if you work at it, Amen. If you add these specific things to your faith, amen, you will never fall. Amen. Pastor has a great series of lessons on that, and I'm not going to take the time, amen, to go through it, even though I've taken plenty of time already. Amen. There is a special invitation to each and every one that walks on this earth. Amen. All things work together for good to those who are called. Romans 8 and 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And furthermore, this calling will never be rescinded, it will never be revoked, it will never be canceled. Romans chapter 11 verse 29, for the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. You can walk from God, child of, child of God, but God is not going to walk away from you. You can reject his invitation, but any time you're ready, all you have to do is slip on that old wedding garment, come into the king's house. That's a standing invitation to all who respond. Amen. And those are those who, who have heard the call from God, have responded, and are in the wedding. They are there. They have furnished the king's house as guests. Amen. But beyond this parable of the wedding, there is, I think Jesus, at the end of this story, I believe he was describing those who are called and those who respond to the calling. And that those who respond to the calling, there's this one requirement, you have to wear this white wedding garment. And if you don't do that, there will uh, be judgment. But at the end of his parable, he goes on to say in Matthew chapter 22 and 14, for many are called, but few are chosen. I'm sending my servants out to call as many as we can get. But there are some who come, who have on the white robe, who are in the wedding, and they are furnished as just a guest. But I want to promote them beyond just guests. At my wedding. These are the ones who are called out. They are the ones that are chosen. Or in other scriptures, the Bible uses the term elect. It's the same Greek word. It's the same word in every case. And you could take the time to study it. So that passage we just read about Second Peter. From Second Peter 1, 5. Let's read it one more time. Beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity, for these things be in you and abound, make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he, he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off. Amen. And hath forgotten <clears throat> that he was purged from his old sins. These are the ones that don't take on the wedding garment, Right? But verse 10, wherefore the rather brethren, give diligence. And we just focused on this first part, to make your calling sure. But what I want to take the remainder of this service to focus on is to make your election sure. This is the other group of people that Jesus spoke about in his parable. Amen. These are not just the individuals who are furnishing the wedding as guests and sitting, amen, among the crowd. But Brother Chad, these are those who he specifically and distinctly walked up to and said, I want to use you. These are the elect. Make your election, and it is the same word. Sure. For if you, as the elect... Make your election sure. If you do these things, you shall never fall. Amen. This is the same uh, promise that he made to those who are called. 
Amen. But he goes on in Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 and 17, and says, put on, therefore. Got another garment for you, if you will. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, (laughs) kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body. And be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father by Him. And now I may be wrong, church, and pastor can correct me if I am, but I believe that God is through the the Holy Script, through Apostle Paul's uh, anointing, uh, trying to communicate to the Colossian church that there is another degree, amen, of calling that he wants us to try to attain to. Amen. It's not enough just for, for us to show up, amen, and go to church and go through the motions, but let the peace of God rule in your heart and be thankful and for not only forbear one another, which is what he commanded those who are called, but forgive one another. Amen. If any man have a quarrel against you, even as Christ forgave you, you ought to emulate that perfect example that Jesus gave with not just, not just virtue and, and patience, but with bowels of mercy. Not just knowledge, but kindness and humility of mind. Not just temperance and godliness, but meek and long-suffering. I think that if we could take on this additional garment, amen, that God would would put a special anointing on the truth church. And, and I believe he is. Amen. This is what I believe, Pastor, that the apostolic church, amen, among a group of charismatic churches in today's day and age who do in their own way, in many ways, try to respond to the calling that they feel in their heart and in their life. Amen. But they never quite attain, amen, that perfect white robe. Amen. But they're in the wedding and they're there amen they're walking amen among the guests perhaps but there are some of us amen who know amen in verse 16 as as Paul said to the Colossians in, in chapter 3 verse 16 let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's more than just going through the motions. And it's more than just a love fest. And it's more than just, just a, oh, I feel God. And I like the way I feel when I come to church. But there's scripture. There's doctrine. There's holiness. There's lifestyle beyond just the few moments that we feel in an apostolic service. Amen, this is something, amen, if you are willing and if you let God pick you up out of the guest seat, he will change your life. So I go back to my original question. Will you let Jesus change your life? 
Will you let him, amen, make you more meek and more humble? Will you make, will you allow him, amen, to put that burden of forgiveness on your shoulder? Will you let him, amen, increase the charity and the peace of God? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. The chosen, these who are called out, have a way of talking to Jesus. It's not just in those convenient moments when I feel Him moving on me. But in Luke chapter 18, verse 7, the Bible says, Shall not God avenge His own elect? You can see that the subject is those who are elected by God. And then it goes on to describe what these individuals do. They cry day and night unto Him. Amen. Never ceasing to cry unto Him. Never stop, whether it's daytime or nighttime. Whether good times or bad times. They cry unto Him. Numbers chapter 16, verse 5. Story about Korah and those who challenge the authority of the one that is chosen by God to lead the children of Israel. In verse 5, we just take this one excerpt from the story. He spake unto Korah and unto all his company, saying, Even tomorrow the Lord will show who are his and who is holy, and will cause him to come near unto him. Even him whom he hath chosen will he cause to come near unto him. Child of God, if you are willing, amen, to go the extra mile, if you're willing to, like Paul, amen, press a little higher for a higher calling, amen, then you can obtain this closer proximity to God's presence. He said that those who are chosen will he cause to come near. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people, my people, if it is my people, and they are called by my name, if they shall humble themselves, if they will pray, if they seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11 and 6. Listen to these promises. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Jeremiah 29, 13. Amen. says, Ye shall seek Me and find Me, when ye shall search for Me with all of your heart. Amen. Paul writes to Timothy, his son in the gospel, a man who was chosen, amen, to lead the church, a church in the New Testament. 2 Timothy 2 and 15. Timothy, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman, a diligent man, a one, a man who is pressing, amen, for that higher calling that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Hallelujah. Friend of mine, I want you to know that if you're chosen by God, you have, amen, a desire to grow in the word of God. First Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. Even so be ye. Uh, even so be ye have uh, even so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious to whom coming as unto a living stone disallowed indeed of men but chosen of God and precious those who are chosen of God desire the sincere milk of the word that they may grow thereby that's what happens when you're chosen by God God wants us to move from simply being called to be holy. 
2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. Wherefore, come out from among them. I'm calling you out. From among them. And be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. I will be a father unto you. Seems to me that those who are coming out from among them and are separate unto the Lord, that, as he said, he would be a father unto them, that they would get closer. Again, this, I believe, amen, uh, illustrates how those who are separated from the world and separated from, the, from those uh, misconceptions in the world, and they're closer to him, if they're separated unto him, closer to the Father, that we would become indeed closer to him. Amen. First Peter chapter 1, verse 15 and 16 says, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Amen. That word conversation just simply means lifestyle. So be holy. Act holy in your lifestyle. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. According in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame, before him in love. Hallelujah. We, uh, if we are among those who are chosen, the elect, if we want to be among them, we must be holy, we must grow in the word, and we must cry out to him day and night. Amen. 1 Peter 2 and 9 goes on to say, and describe the chosen generation. This is a, a, a group of people, these elect individuals who are chosen by God. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation. Again, just reaffirming what we've already, amen, showed you. A peculiar people that ye should Show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Which in time past were not a people, but now are a people of God. Which had not obtained mercy, but now you have obtained mercy. Come on, let's just thank the Lord for his mercy. Hallelujah. I'm talking about a chosen generation. I'm talking about those who are called out. Oh, hallelujah. 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 If you are, amen, a chosen child of God, if you are elected by God, amen, you, amen, have the benefit of being protected by God. Mark chapter 13 and 22, for false Christs and false prophets shall arise and shall show signs and wonders to seduce if it were possible even the elect but friend it's not possible amen in Romans chapter 8 verse 33 he goes on to say who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect it is God that justifieth And then he says, as we have already read in Luke chapter 18, verse 7, Shall not God avenge his own elect? Amen. This is a rhetorical question. Amen. If you do the things that he's called you to do, amen. If you are called out, God will avenge you. 
Hallelujah. And Matthew 24, I find this astonishing. I find this shocking. Amen. But God, amen, will wrap up all of time, amen, and begin eternity, amen, for the sole purpose of his elect. In Matthew chapter 24, 21 says, For then shall be great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time no nor ever shall be and except those days should be shortened there should no flesh be saved but for the elect's sake I said, for our sake, amen, for our sake, those days shall be shortened. Come on, child of God, that's something to rejoice about. Amen, he designed this whole salvation plan so that you and I could be saved. Oh, come on, let's all stand together tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He didn't say it one time. Amen. Or just one time. He did say it one time. But he also said it more than once. In Mark chapter 3, verse 13, verse 20. And except that the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh should be saved. For But for the elect's sake, whom he hath chosen he hath shortened the days and then if any man shall say to you lo there is Christ and lo he is there believe him not for false Christs and false prophets shall arise and shall show signs and wonders to seduce if it were possible even the elect and skipping down to verse 26 then shall they see the son of man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. Hallelujah. The one, amen, who promised us. The one who said that he would avenge his own elect. Amen, child of God. Amen, the things that you're struggling with. The things that you're facing on a day-to-day basis. Amen, those practical things in life. Amen, that you have to contend with. The bills that you have to deal with in the morning. Amen, the work. Amen, and those individuals that you have to face in the morning. God will avenge us God will avenge us God will avenge us God will save us God will deliver us hallelujah 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 I'm not saying that you're lost if you're called because both the called and the chosen are going to be with the Lord Revelation 17 and 14 the Bible says These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. For He is Lord of lords and King of kings. And they they that are with Him are called and chosen and faithful. He says, I'm including both both groups. And I, I don't know to what extent those who are called would be saved but it's clear that some who are called will be with him but I do know that the chosen will and I don't know about you but I want to be among those just like John just like Peter I mean just like those those disciples who were elected who were chosen to do the work of God I want to be close to him I want to be chosen by him Amen. We can, I can go through a number of names. He chose Abel. Amen. Out of the few people that were on the earth at the time, he chose Noah. Out of the number of people that were on earth. He chose Abram from among his family. He chose Jacob and or Israel out of, out of the two of him and Esau. Jacob chose Joseph from his 12 sons. God chose Moses from among the boys who were being destroyed in the land of Egypt. He chose Aaron, 
the Levites and the priests out of the children of Israel. He chose Joshua out of the children of Israel to lead them into the promised land. He chose the eight judges. He chose the tribe of Judah. Amen. To be the tribe that he would be born from. He chose Samuel to be the prophet. He chose Saul to be the first king and he chose David to be the second. He chose the 12 disciples who would later become the 12 apostles. And he chose Paul. I mean, I can, I've got a lot more here, but I'm going to skip down here to the conclusion. The Bible tells us about a young lady by the name of Esther who was chosen by the king. Esther chapter, I'm skipping all the way to the bottom, brother Chad. Esther chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. After these things, when the wrath of King Ahasuerus was appeased and remembered Bashti, what she had done and what was decreed against her, then said the king's servants that ministered unto him, Let there be fair, young virgins, sought for the king, and let the king appoint officers in all the provinces of his kingdom, that they may gather together all the fair young virgins unto Shushan the palace, to the house of the women, and to the custody of uh, that person, and the king's chamberlain, the, the king's chamberlain, keeper of the women, and let their things uh, for purification be given them, and let the maiden which pleaseth the king be queen instead of Ashtai. And the thing pleased the king, and he did so. There's one girl among the group of many girls that was called. There's a group of girls who were called and chosen by the servants of the king. Came to the palace, Shushan. But there was one girl who stood out from the very beginning. King's Chamberlain took note and began to provide her a little extra attention. She thought this one had potential. I don't know what it was about Esther, but she pleased the Chamberlain. Esther chapter 2 verse 8 says, so it came to pass with the king's commandment and his decree was heard. And when many maidens were gathered together into Shushan the palace to the custody of Haggai, that Esther was brought unto the king's house to the custody of Haggai, keeper of the women. And the maiden pleased him. And she obtained kindness of him. And he speedily gave her the things for purification with such things as belonged to her. And seven maidens, which were meet to be given to her, out of the king's house. And he preferred her and her maidens unto the best place of the house of the women. I don't, again, I don't know what it was about Esther, but she caught the attention of those who were in charge. Something was different about her. Esther chapter 2 verse 20. Esther had not yet showed her kindred nor her people as Mordecai had charged her. For Esther did the commandment of Mordecai like as when she was brought up with him. I think this might be a little indication of what was different about her. All those other Jewish girls that came into into Shushan perhaps may have forgotten where they came from. But the Bible says that Esther did like as when she was brought up with Mordecai. She remembered the old things that Uncle Mordecai taught her. Like, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And she remembered, perhaps, to talk to her God. Esther chapter 2, verse 15 through 17. I mean, is the result of this attitude and mentality. Now, when the turn of Esther, the daughter of Abihail, the uncle of Mordecai, when, uh, who had taken her for his daughter, was come to go in unto the king. She required nothing but what Haggai, the king's chamberlain, the keeper of the women, appointed. She did exactly what the king's chamberlain told her to do. Nothing extra, nothing more, nothing less. Esther obtained favor in the sight of all them that looked upon her. So Esther was taken unto the king, Ahasuerus, into his house, royal in the tenth month uh, which is the month of Tibet in the seventh year of his reign verse 17 tells us the king loved Esther above all the women 
Now, it, it's a lot for Esther to have acquired the attention of her uncle, for him to, to be willing to say, hey, you can come live with me. I will be as a father to you. But then it wasn't just him that she got the attention of, but when she was chosen and called out to go to the palace, she got the attention of the, the king's chamberlain. And they gave her special preferential treatment. But that was not enough. She could go into the palace with the, with the chamberlain's preference and with the chamberlain's favor. But if the king had not chosen her, it would have all been to no avail. She would have had to just go back home, right to, Mon- uh, to Uncle Mordecai, and everything would be the same as it was before. But because of the way that Esther approached the king, the Bible says that he immediately, he loved Esther above all the women. And she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins. So that he set the royal crown upon her head. In that very moment, said, you're no longer just little Esther, Mordecai's niece. But the king says, where's the crown at? You're now Queen Esther. You have been chosen from all the other women. You have been chosen. I don't know. Perhaps it was because the Chamberlain knew the king better than any of those other ladies. And so they recommended, why don't you just go in with this simple, classy design, whatever it was. I don't, whatever you women like to, however you want to describe your pretty little outfits. But, but whatever it was, the, the Chamberlain had that touch. Because what Esther did, brother self, was she said, what do you think I should wear? What do you, how, how should I dress? I'll do whatever. I'm not going to add anything to this. I'm not going to take anything away. And can I just compare it to the parable that Jesus gave the servants? Go out to the highways and byways and said, put this on. Now, if they had put anything else on, you read the story with me. And then the master, the king, took him and threw him into eternal dark, into gnashing of teeth, and into judgment. I submit to you that, that Esther wouldn't have obtained favor of the king if she had not obtained the favor of the king's chamberlain and not obeyed and listened. And so we're here tonight, and I'm, I'm preaching to you with everything that I've got. I want you to understand that I'm not the king's chamberlain. I'm not. We, as individuals here in this church, we have only the interest of seeing you. Let me just call you Esther. We want to see you chosen by the king. We don't think we're anything special. We don't have any uh, ulterior motive. We're just doing our job. We're just here as servants to the king. The king told us to go out and to find all the virgins in the land. The king told us to go out and find those who would be available. To find those who would be in the right condition to be willing to be married. And what I'm wondering is if you're here in the king's palace, you are, you have made your way here. I want you to know it doesn't take very much for you to get the king's attention. It doesn't take a gaudy outfit, Brother Andrew. It doesn't take makeup and, and pearls and, and earrings and, and all this gaudy outfit. It's a simple approach. Repent. Repent of all of your sins. Everything that you you look back in your life and you are ashamed of. There's a reason that you're ashamed of those things. That shame comes from the conscience that God gave you. 
And who knows, if you do approach the king tonight, Esther chapter 4, verse 14, the end of it says, Who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Even as I read that final portion of that scripture, I want to appeal to everybody under the sound of my voice. If you have felt the calling of God and you have done whatever you can to respond to that calling, and I believe you are, I believe that's what you're here for, I'm here to tell you that there is a moment in time where the king can call you up a little higher and give you his own spirit and then place that crown of glory on your head amen, and allow you amen, to change your own nature. Amen. Through His Spirit. Church, let's talk to the Lord right now. Many are called. Many are called. Many are called. But few are chosen. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, church. Let's get under a burden right now. He loved almost so tight. Oh, hallelujah. These altars are open right now. I want to invite you to respond to the invitation of the King. And if you do, if you do come with the white robe, come with that royal garment. Hey, He'll fill you with the Holy Ghost. He'll place that crown on your head. Oh, Hallelujah. Those of us who have been laboring longer, we don't get any of a higher reward than you do. Amen. We all get that same penny. Amen. The reward is the same. Why don't you come? Why don't you come labor with us? Why don't you come work with us? Amen. Let's come together. Let's go into the harvest field together. Let's work. Let's work. Let's work. Come on, church. Let's work. Come on, church. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, Esther. Hallelujah. Walk into the King's presence.